everyone. This is Dr. Ron here. Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored, with episode number 242. 242 episodes in the archive, ladies and gentlemen. They can be listened to at any time uh, on blogtalkradio.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Blueberry, and most platforms that carry podcast. So good afternoon, everybody. With an attitude of gratitude, I welcome everybody to today's show because why? Grateful people are happier. Grateful people are less depressed, less stressed, and more satisfied with their lives and social relationships. Ladies and gentlemen, we are brought to you live today. Dr. Ron uh, and co-host Dr. Jerry and Dr. Dan. Ladies and gentlemen, this program contains general and medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. The information is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information heard on this program. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources, and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. So with that out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, welcome today to episode 242, and I must take the time to thank Dr. Bennett Amalu for episode 241 was well received, and uh, by everyone out there, we got a lot of great comments. And in fact, after today's program, we'll, we'll continue with a, uh, a uh, archive uh, edited portion of his uh, discussion if you care to listen after the regular programming uh, is over for today. Dr. Amala did a magnificent job, and one of our listeners may be providing him with the money, or at least some of the monies he needs uh, to continue his research in CTE. In other words, to diagnose it while people are living so we can do something about it. And that brings me to today's title, which is a concussion discussion, because we have Dr. Jerry Smith. uh, He's going to share with us his insights into the treatment of this this problem, and uh, he will actually have one of his patients call in and, and to give a testimonial. Uh, let me introduce uh, Dr. Jerry, and uh, there he is right there. Dr. Jerry, good afternoon, sir. Yes, it's uh, not sunny up here. It's a little windy, but it's not raining anymore. And uh, anyway, it was a great day. So glad well, to be good. with well, you, I mean, and I look forward. Yeah, we're looking forward to hearing your discussion because uh, Dr. Omala did such a magnificent job for us uh, last week. We, we played the program. We've had lots of hits on it. And as I said, we'll play an edited portion after today's programming. And uh, Dr. Dan, let me see if he's here. Dr. Oh, Dan, I'm here. You're you darn right, right I'm here. Good, Good afternoon, to hear from Dr. you Ron in sunny southwest Florida. <clears throat> well, it's not not sunny here. We've got rain all day. How about you, Ron? Beautiful, beautiful, sunny, great day today. It was a super day down here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I would be remiss if we don't talk a little bit about something about the flu because uh, uh, you you just cannot uh, listen to any of the fake news or uh, any any paper now uh, uh, without them 
saying something about the flu. Ladies and gentlemen, the health authorities admit this year's flu vaccine is only 10% effective, not 30%. And as Dr. Jerry has mentioned, and please check it out for yourself, Google CDC and Dun & Bradstreet. CDC is listed on Dun & Bradstreet as a corporation for profit, and that is their motive in the vaccine debate. Okay? Ladies and gentlemen, this vaccine was made using chicken eggs, and the researchers have discovered that the flu virus, which is placed in the vaccine, mutates in the chicken eggs. Therefore, by the time a person takes a flu shot, he is not being protected against this year's seasonal flu virus. He's being protected against a mutated virus that isn't causing the flu this year, so they don't think, except that, talking to Dr. Jerry today, my opinion that everyone that has gotten a flu shot is coughing out this virus that's a mutated virus, and, and that's what may be making people sick in addition to the other uh, comments we have made about the stress and not taking your taking good care of yourself. And ladies and gentlemen, Peter Doshi, D-O-S-H-I, he, has, he is a noted virologist. And he's been stating that uh, and, and testifying that of the hundreds of thousands of respiratory samples that are taken from flu patients in the United States and tested in labs, only a small percentage of these samples show the presence of a flu virus. So what does that mean? Um, to me, it means most of the people in America who are diagnosed by doctors with a flu have no virus, uh, no flu virus in their bodies. So what is it? Uh, well, if you listen to the common medical knowledge, it says it says that you should get another flu shot. Well, that's not going to do you any good. And as Socrates said, ladies and gentlemen, I can't teach anybody anything. I can only make them think. So I just want you to think about it, okay? And there are some things that you can do if you get the flu. I'll give you a few, a few of them, see what Dr. Jerry has to say, and then we'll get on with our concussion discussion but common sense thing stay home when you're sick stay home if you've been exposed to a sick family member cover your nose and sneezes with a tissue wash your hands use a sanitizer i don't you know uh, this 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 is a time when i I would i would definitely use one cover your nose and mouth with a mask or cloth if you're sick and have to be in the community uh, my wife and I also use an ozone generator. We have one, that, a portable one that we use when we go to uh, services, uh, just hang it around our necks, okay? Implementing these behaviors can help stop the spread of the flu, okay? I'm not going to go into Tamiflu because I've talked about that before. At best, it may decrease symptoms by 12 hours, but it is loaded with side effects, including delirium and hallucinations, so you want to be careful about taking prescription drugs. We talked about oscillocosentum, uh, a homeopathic remedy that has uh, been proven to be at least 30%, 36% effective. I want to mention vitamin C, 1,000 milligrams three or four times a day. I want to mention vitamin D uh, because uh, it, you know, most of the people north of Florida here don't have a lot of sunlight and vitamin D has been proven to prevent the flu. So when you're up there not getting any sun, please re replace your vitamin D3. 
Echinacea, we haven't talked a lot about that, maybe 1,000 milligrams two or three times a day. And uh, there are researchers out there that have proven it to be as effective, if not more so, than Tamiflu. How about that? Okay. You're not, you're not hearing that anyplace. Elderberry. We don't talk a lot about elderberry, but it's, a, it's an herb that that's, can deactivate the flu virus naturally. Uh, a couple of teaspoons a day, oregano oil, zinc in the dose of 50 to 100 milligrams a day. Uh, it's been proven to help with the flu. Uh, I, I am not an expert in essential oils, but rubbing peppermint. We did talk about frankincense essential oil. If you can rub that to your neck. And believe it or not, in 1918 flu epidemic, flu patients that received chiropractic care survived much more readily than those that didn't. Documented studies, more recent studies have found that chiropractic care reduced the incidence of colds and flu by 15%. Wow. Restore your beneficial bacteria, ladies and gentlemen. Probiotics. Okay? And... uh, you know, there's other things. You know, if you have a cough, honey and cinnamon, uh, honey and lemon juice. Uh, but take care of yourself. Don't forget to get a good night's sleep. Don't run around. Uh, don't avoid avoid crowds if you can. Dr. Jerry, what do you what do you what's your what's your opinion on what I just said? Yeah, you're right on the money. And the one big thing that we've mentioned in the past is, do not take aspirin when you have the flu because it will increase your your suffering by three, uh, at least twice as long if you didn't take it, and you're going to suffer like about 3.2 times uh, more adverse reactions because it basically opens up the cell membrane, allowing the viruses to spread much more quickly. You know, and, and, and then we did talk today, you and I, about Rye syndrome, and it can, it can precipitate Rye syndrome, ladies and gentlemen, and, it, and that's a horrible disease. Uh, blisters and so forth, and really make you worse than than you than just having the flu. Bringing up an interesting point about the cells. Sometimes uh, when you're sick, uh, you know, I recommended uh, colloidal silver. Sometimes you got to mix that colloidal silver up with a little a little uh, coconut oil or lemon juice because that breaks down the cell membranes, allowing that colloidal silver to get in. These these these, these germs have a biofilm. Sometimes you got to break it down. So. Dr. Jerry just reminded me of that. So uh, if you're a colloidal silver user uh, during the flu season, a teaspoon a day, uh, if you if it doesn't work, which, you know, there's nothing 100%, but you might want to put a little lemon juice or uh, honey with that. Um, all right, so we talked about some of the flu. We've talked about the con- uh, concussions uh, with Dr. Amalo. I do want to recommend his book, Truth Doesn't Have a Side, uh, it's just a great read about his life and where he is and uh, what he has done this far and how he has been really not given full credit because uh, he is a foreigner for all the work he he has done. Um, okay, so we can't, as a, as a Socrates says, ladies and gentlemen, can't teach it, can't teach anything, but please, we can try and make you think and... Uh, Socrates also said there is one good Dr. Ron. Knowledge, knowledge and one evil, which is ignorance. What is that, Dr. Dan? Uh, as far as the flu goes, stop sneezing in your hands. They show this on television all the time. I don't know why they haven't changed this. 
to stop sneezing into your hands and then touching doorknobs and touching everything and, and then want to shake hands with people and and uh, and so forth and so on. In fact, our bishop in church stopped everybody from shaking hands and from taking the cup at communion because of the uh, uh, flu, which should probably be stopped anyway all the time because there is a, a chance of, of uh, passing things on. But if you get caught and you can't catch anything, sneeze into your elbow area. And there's a little chance that people are going to touch that area. And if you want to change your shirt or whatever, fine. But they got to stop sneezing in their hands and then going around touching people. I just thought I'd bring that up because I see it on television and the advertisements all the time. Okay. I just wanted to throw throw that in with everything, now, with all the good points sense. that you guys brought up. Now, just a common sense thing, ladies and gentlemen, uh, about sneezing into your elbow or, you know, into your armpit. But uh, just, uh, you know, just protect yourself and don't get overstressed. And one thing I did not mention, and I'm sorry about that, avoid sugar. I mean, if you you want to get weak fast, right. just just eat sugar. And, and these are things we talked about. Replace it with good stevia or raw honey uh, and avoid these artificial sweeteners. And I, I had a talk with Dr. Jerry today, and I said, you know, I'm almost at the point of giving up. I'm just people are just using their cell phones like mad, drinking Diet Cokes, Diet Pepsis. Uh, they, they say, well, the, I got a flu shot this year, and I got the flu. I can't wait till I can get another one, or I'm going to get the new and fancy one that's coming out <laughs> next year. It, it just, ladies and gentlemen, if there, if there's not enough duct tape to wrap around my head when I hear these type of comments. I mean, it is just mind-blowing. So, uh, anyway, I'm not going to go there. Ladies and gentlemen, brain concussion, we talked about it. We we talked about the incidence of it, especially in NFL players, and it affects 99% of them. Uh, this is it was in July, and we, we didn't bring it out, but Dr. Mala did mention it. Uh, that the Journal of American Medical Association studied 222 deceased players, 111 of them from the NFL. All but one former NFL league player were found to have CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Remember, there's no such thing as minimal brain trauma. All trauma is significant, as Dr. Omalu said. So please, uh, it's, it's a... Dr. Smith is going to give us more information on that, but there is estimated just in sports between 1.6 and 3.8 million sports-related concussions in the United States every year. Okay, that's a lot. High school athletes sustain estimated 300,000 concussions per year. And these numbers just keep going on and on. Of course, girls, for some reason, are more prone to concussion. Multiple concussions can lead to all kinds of uh, neurological problems, Recovery times vary, and that's something we'll let Dr. Smith get into. Post-concussion symptoms uh, can go on for quite a while. Uh, there's no uh, no rhyme or reason to some of them. So, um, you know, instead of me talking a lot about uh, concussion, we did a lot about a lot of talking uh, about how people get it. And I'm going to turn the program over to Dr. Smith and and. Let him tell us about how many people suffer traumatic brain injuries and and, and concussions and and maybe uh, get his take on how this problem can be broken down. So, Dr. Smith, why don't you give us uh, your your take on this? 
No, thank you, Dr. Ron. Um, I'm really excited about this presentation uh, for a number of reasons. Um, in particular, there's one aspect of concussion that 99.99% of healthcare practitioners in all fields have no clue even exists, and that's the structural component, and I'm going to get into that in a few minutes. But you're right, there's 1.7 to 3.2 million concussions a year, traumatic brain injuries. Um, what was interesting with the high school football players, uh, there's 47% of all the reported concussions are from high school football, but 33% occur during practice during practice. That's kind of crazy. I guess they're roughing it up a little bit too much. Um, you know, the, the traditional uh, post-symptoms relate to headaches and neck pain, nausea, ringing in the ears, dizziness, and tiredness. And the, the other unfortunate thing is that most physicians adopt the attitude of wait-and-see approach to determine if the patient will regain neurological function. Unfortunately, this attitude prevails <clears throat> primarily because they can't use natural medicines. And if they go with unorthodox approaches, they're in jeopardy of losing their license. So I could see, you know, the reason why they kind of hold back. But in reality, let's dissect the problem. And the way I look at the problem is concussion results in inflammation. Well, if you have inflammation swelling in the brain, it reduces the blood flow and the neuronal connections between the nerve cells throughout the injured area, which in turn basically decreases the ability to remove waste products or metabolites from the damaged area. And it also reduces nutrients, oxygen, neurotransmitters, and the lymph flow. So in plain English, what I'm telling is that normal brain function is severely affected from the, the swelling and inflammation. Uh, in fact, uh, according to Dr. Sergey uh, Kirov, neuroscientist uh, and director of the Human Brain Lab at the Medical College of Georgia at the Georgia Region University, said the synapses start to die when the blood flow is not restored. So one of the problems is when you do get the injury, the quicker that you can reduce the inflammation, the faster the blood flow goes back to the area, the less damage this putting ice packs and all this to me is nonsense uh, approach to uh, to cranial. Another important component, again, is this cranial rhythm destruction or dysfunction. And like I said, 99% of the doctors have no clue that this even exists. Uh, so failure to restore this normal motion of the skull is a major factor in progressive deterioration of the brain cells and perpetuating the post-concussion symptoms. And again, unfortunately, this disturbance is not being addressed. And I'm sure Dr. Malu, unfortunately, is not even aware of this component. So let's approach it in a logical way to resolve the problem. You've got four issues that have to be addressed. One, reduce the inflammation. Second, correct the asynchronous motion of the base of the skull, meaning when they breathe in, it should go into what they call flexion-type motion, and when they exhale, it goes into uh, extension. On impact, that basic motion gets reversed, and it just hampers the whole blood flow and neurology of the brain and autonomic nervous system. Third, reduce free radical components from the injured tissue. And fourth, heal the brain cells with nutrients. So let's take number one, reduce the inflammation. 
cut down on the carbohydrate intake. Why? Because that increases insulin, and insulin increases inflammation. Um, you could use such things as DMSO. Um, even if you apply it topically, it gets absorbed into the system. It's totally safe. The, uh, intravenously, uh, it works very, very effective. And, uh, you know, it's a byproduct of the wood pulping industry, and it was discovered in 1963 by a University of Oregon medical school team headed by Stanley Jacob. It's very effective as an anti-inflammatory and an antioxidant agent. And like I said, there's about 1,200 papers in the medical literature uh, describing the safety of this sub substance. It's called dimethyl sulfoxide, DMSO. They started using it on horses years ago to cut down the arthritic inflammation so that they can run faster and earn more money for their owners. Um, second, reducing the inflammation helps to restore the blood flow to the injured area, dramatically reducing nerve damage and assists in restoring brain function. Uh, other natural anti-inflammatory nutrients can also be used, such as ginger, it's an herb, vitamin C, quercetin, enzymes such as bromelain or pro, uh, pro, protease, turmeric, and the active component of turmeric is curcumin, fish oil, vitamin D, resveratrol, which is actually more potent as an anti-inflammatory agent than the so-called NSAID drugs such as aspirin or ibuprofen, flax oil, alpha-lipoic acid, carbon-60, and even zinc. So there's plenty of natural uh, nutrients available at the health food store that can help reduce that inflammatory process, which is right in the initial stages. And if you let it go, you're going to get progressive brain damage. Uh, correct the reverse motion of the skull. This is going to be harder probably than any other aspect because there's very few trained practitioners out there in the world. Because I lecture internationally, Dr. Ron, and I see what's going on out there. And they don't have any clue about this simple little uh, component of the concussion uh, equation. Um, and it's amazing. The results are often immediate and dramatic. Um, and we're going to have one of my patients uh, call in Andrew Adams to give you his feedback on, on his little experience. And it's, it's pretty amazing, 21 and a half years of post-concussion syndrome. Reduce the free radicals caused by the injured tissue. Carbon-60 is an amazing product. It's very effective in reducing nitric oxide uh, and other free radicals. CoQ10, which is not as potent as the carbon-60, but it's still effective. Vitamin E from wheat germ oil or green peas. Pycnogenol, it's derived from the bark of the French maritime pine tree. It's a potent free radical quencher. SOD, which is superoxide dismutase, it's high in concentrations in pomegranate. Astrazanthine exhibits very strong free radical scavenging activity and protects your cells, your organs, your body tissues from oxidative damage. Now, the last thing is heal the brain. So you're basically cutting down on the inflammation. You're resetting the motion of the skull. You're reducing the free radicals, which cause damage. And now you want to heal the brain because your brain is basically 60% fat. And you have the DHA, the, uh, the cosahexaenoic acid, and it's a type omega-3 fatty acid. So the brain, it's basically 15 to 20% of your brain's cerebral cortex is fat. So, you know, living on a a low-fat diet is not the smartest thing in the world because you can't repair your your nerve sheaths and your brains. 
The key here is also omega-3 fatty acids from fish oil. Pure oxygen given in hyperbaric uh, chamber. I mean, they did a, a study over in Israel in Tel Aviv, and they showed that people with six-month duration and 27-year duration of post-concussion syndrome had positive, positive cognitive uh, you know, changes when they went into pure oxygen and hyperbaric chamber. Of course, the FDA won't approve it as a therapy because you can't patent oxygen, and it's relatively cheap considering all other things in the equation. Curcumin, it repairs the damage incurred by the lack of oxygen at the molecular level by influencing the mechanism responsible for regeneration of the neurons, the brain cells. Pure Synergy, it's a product we often recommend. It has 60 different organic and wild-crafted herbs, grasses, mushrooms, that have scientific documentation to repair nerves and associated tissues. Natural B-complex, not B made from synthetic sources such as petroleum products. Uh, this enhances, prevents the brain from shrinking and enhances nerve function. One thing you want to remember is that folic acid, when you see folic acid in a natural B or in a B-complex, it's synthetic. So that tips you off that they're not really dealing with a full deck. Folate is the natural form of the compound that you want to get in your body. Also, a good probiotic because your gut flora is linked to the flora in your brain. And we strongly recommend Bravo. You can buy it on the Internet. It, it has over 42 uh, microorganisms to help reimplant the healthy bacteria in your intestines. Uh, also, a ketogenic diet, high in protein and fats, low in carbs, that helps repair the brain. The, and coconut oil, even though it's a saturated fat, it's very healthy for you, you feed the brain. It may even restore and renew neurons and nerve function in your brain after damage has set in. And uh, lastly, ginkgo biloba. Many scientific studies show that ginkgo biloba has positive effects for dementia, improving cognitive performance and social functioning on suffer and those suffering from dementia. The key here is that if, if you take this logical approach, you're dealing with the core issues. You're not just dealing with symptoms. And the most important one is the structural component, which very, very few people on this planet uh, are even aware of. And uh, I don't know if my if Andy is online now, but um, I'd are love you to looking for Andrew? Because yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yes, I, I have a problem. I have a problem with you. You gave me a completely different number, so I, I have to make sure you're taking enough coconut oil before you continue. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew is on the phone, ladies and gentlemen. I think he was rubbing it on his on his hands instead of eating. It. <laughs> that might have happened. <laughs> so I'm going to turn it over to Andrew because uh, he's one of the most dramatic post-concussion cases that I've, I've dealt with. We've, we've reversed many concussions, but he stands out like no other. So, Andrew, um, I'm going to turn it over to you. Okay, Dr. Smith, I appreciate it. Um, what what I'll do is I'll, I'll just run you through exactly what happened and what I went through over the last 21 and a half years, and it'll be very it will be very brief. But um, I was it was in 1995, and I was hit in the head with a glass panel that weighed 64 pounds at a college hockey game. And it basically knocked me out. I stayed on my feet. Um, and as the evening wore on, I started to notice different symptoms that I wasn't feeling right. I had an instant headache. Um, 
things just didn't feel right. I got up the next day, I went into work, and later that morning somebody found me laying in a basement uh, because I had passed out. And I somehow got back to my house, I don't even remember how. And um, I was taken to a, you know, the, the the hospital, and they sent me to all these neurologists, and they did all the, you know, brain testings and MRIs and um, everything along that line. And I had brain swelling and um, started suffering um, severe headaches, um, ringing in the ears. Um, I, I couldn't keep anything down. Um, you know, it was all your sy- symptoms of, you know, concussive syndrome. And um, as as that went on, they went and sent me to um, a major headache center, and uh, they started using me as a, a guinea pig, I, I kind of call it. Um, and I'm just going to give you a list of um, some of the ap- uh, medications that they put me on over the years. Um, they started me off with Imitrex, and that was the nasal spray, it was the pill, and then it was the injections. None of that did anything for me, so they put me on DHE injections. That didn't work. They had me on Percocet, Darvocet, Vicodin, um, DHE, uh, like I said, um, Elevil, Zoloft, Paxil, Botox injections, Depakote, Clonzapan, and Topamex. And those are just some of the medications that they... Um, had my body go through some serious changes. Some of those products would actually make me gain a lot of weight, and some of them would make me dry, drastically lose. So when this accident happened, I was about 213 pounds. Um, I was on Depakote and um, Elevil, and I ballooned up to 250 pounds. And then they put me on Topamex, and I dropped to 187 pounds. So it was wrecking havoc on me, and all they seemed to do is try to go after my symptoms, after my symptoms, after my symptoms. And nobody was looking at the full um, scope of what, what happened. I, I saw chiropractors. I saw um, acupuncture. I saw um, craniosacral therapy, um, Reiki, um, uh, the, the numerous, um, you know, let's see, different. I, I think I went to at least seven or eight different neurologists. Um, and I just gave up after a while. Um, I had physical therapy and that didn't do anything for me. So, um, this went on, um, for about 10 years where I just, I gave up on all medicines. I, nothing was working for me. So what I ended up doing was I, I just started just to deal with it. And what my headache, um, diagnosis was, was a cluster migraine headache. So my headaches were actually 24 hours a day, seven days a week. For 21 and a half plus years and what ended up happening was um, whenever the barometric pressure changed um, in the weather um, my headaches would ramp up and they would always be at like a on a scale of one to ten three to four on a daily basis but if it any change in the weather whether it be rain or whatever it was uh, they could ramp all the way up till 10 uh, making me incapacitated so it was um, it was a very trying situation for me. So flash forward all the way to 2017 and I'm in April and I meet Dr. Smith and he looks at me and he says, Oh, I can cure your headaches. And and I said, okay. And this is in April. And I was like, I actually was a little scared. 
I was a little scared that he was going to do that because I had learned to cope with these headaches for the last 21 years or so. And um, so I ended up finally going to see him and within two visits um, and adjusting some cranial bones in my head, including the palate of my mouth and everything, um, I am been headache-free since August 14th of 2017, which is absolutely a miracle to me because I'm somebody that had it 24 hours a day. Wow. Uh, That story is very powerful, Andrew. (laughs) I mean, you know, if if you guys want to go into deeper detail, I mean, you know, it was something that was absolutely – traumatic for my family. I mean, I have two children, uh, one's nine and one's 15, and their whole entire life, all they saw was when it rained or anything like that, dad was not going to be able to do anything for them at that point. And it was, uh, you know, in, in headaches and people that suffer headaches, and I've talked to numerous, numerous people, um, it doesn't just affect the person with a headache. Forget, forget, you know, it, it absolutely affects everybody around you. Absolutely. And, and and you went to allopathic, regular physicians, and all they had to offer you was drugs. Basically. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, it's a good thing I don't have an addictive personality because they would give me any drug I asked for. Um, and at that point, like, none of them were working for me. Um, you know, all the opiates and, and different pain medications, and there's a couple of them I've left off. I, I don't even remember at this point. Um, you might as well have just painted them bright colors and put an M on them because they weren't working for me anymore. And so I'd go see a new doctor saying, oh, man, this could be a good opportunity. And the first thing you do is, well, we're going to prescribe you, let's say, Vicodin. And I'm like, well, no, thank you. Um, not going to do anything for me, but thanks for trying next. And and that's what I was doing. And then I just got to the point where I I had given up. I had absolutely just given up. And I said, well, I'm just going to have to power through these for the rest of my life. And then Dr. Smith came along and said he could cure me. And I I almost didn't want to believe him because it, it was scary to me. It absolutely was. I was like, I don't know what I'd do without these headaches. Well, I know what I can do without them now. So, and it's amazing. Now, at what point? <laughs> at what point did they try and convince you that it was all in your head? You needed psychiatric care. You didn't mention that at all. Did that was that part? Of, it had to be part of your your journey. Um, there had been times where I think people actually neurologists thought I was coming to get pain medications, and then as soon as they would say something, I'd be like, I'm not taking that. I mean the. You know, and they never really wanted to send me to a psychiatric evaluation on this because it wasn't phantom pain. I mean, it was, uh, you could see it in my blood pressure. You could see it, um, you know, there they, they were, you know, documented, you know, MRIs where you could see the damage that was done to the frontal lobe of my brain. Um, you know, there's there were so many different things. It wasn't a, a, a question. Um, I, I didn't, you know, I, but I will say this that a lot of people don't believe headaches. So that was the frustrating part for me. Well, the interesting thing I remember you, you shared with me is uh, people that saw you probably like a week after I adjusted your cranium said you looked totally different. Um, yeah, in fact, I think what it did is, and I didn't realize this because I'd been dealing with it for you know almost half my life, um, my whole... Um, 
eyes and everything released and I were wider because <laughs> it was like I wasn't holding that strain and pain uh, in my face as much. And people said, you know, there's something different about you. I don't know what it is, but you look different. And your whole attitude changed too, your whole creative uh, abilities and, uh, you know, just getting your life back in order. It was pretty exciting. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, I always, you know, always liked the creative side of things, but it's, uh, now it's almost a curse because I'm, I'm starting to think too much, Dr. Smith. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, it, it's basically an osteopathic chiropractic approach whereby, it, and it's very subtle, you know, it's, it's nothing where it's going to show up on a radiograph or CAT scan or, or a computer. It, it's all palpatory skills, you know. So, you know, right away, the doctor says, oh, you need double-blind studies, all this nonsense. Well, I've done it enough times and reversed enough of these cases where, you know, I, I don't buy into that that storyline that they give. The the Part of the excitement is that with gentle manipulation, and it takes about a, a good hour to run through the full comprehensive cranial adjustment where you literally have to – go sequentially and free up the whole skull. And at the end, you basically are pressing up on the palate and resetting that subtle motion of the base of the skull to go into flexion on inhalation or breathing. And, you know, it, it's dramatic, like, you know, eyesight improves and sense of well-being and uh, just a, a total sense of relaxation, easier to breathe, the sinuses open up. And, um, you know, I, I just had it on a, a patient today that was in uh, – that we did a cranial adjustment and, and it's just like, and it's so subtle, but they can feel the dramatic change immediately. And and the well, thing is I teach, you know, internationally and I, I teach practitioners to do it. I just had a, a young fellow, a young fellow, he's, he's my age. Anyone is my age is young anymore. Um, and he had, he had uh, what they call uh, traumatic uh, palsy. The left side of his face basically started to droop like he had Bell's palsy, and it started from extensive dental work of implants and all, and the, the maxilla dropped down, the frontal bone dropped down. Long story short, I adjusted him right in front of the class, and like 90% of his symptoms totally disappeared. He sent me like before and after photographs, which I'm going to put up on my website when I write it up uh, in the next few days. But, you know, he was just blown blown out of the water. And uh, and here's he's a medical doctor and also a chiropractor, and he just flipped out. He said, I, I can't believe the difference. And you could see the difference on the guy. It was like night and day. So it's funny. You know, if, more pe- if these young people on the field get this type of traumatic injury, it's a type of thing where, you know, you could train a coach. You could train a PT to, to do this kind of thing. And if you immediately reverse it and get it resynced, then – the inflammation is going to be dramatically reduced, and the amount of damage is going to be dramatically reduced. I mean, I had an incident a week and a half ago. I slipped on the ice right in front of my house on on the walkway, and thank God I had a padded hat and a and a good padded jacket. And boy, I took a, a hit to my head and my upper back. But when I, I I got myself into the car and I adjusted my cranium myself, I did it, and you know immediately I, I felt. My eyes opened up. My head relaxed. I had no post-concussion headache, you know, no uh, slurred speech, no nausea, no this. And, you know, with some other, you know, uh, natural ingredients like uh, uh, arnica and hypericum and uh, uh, rescue remedy, you know, I just pushed through it without any adverse side effects. It's too simple, people. That's the problem. There's, there's no CPT codes. So you can't write it down for the insurance company. 
Andrew, would, I, would you mind if I opened up some of these phones and see if anybody had a question for you? No, I'd, I'd be more than happy to. Um, I will say one more thing, though. Um, when Jerry uh, adjusted the palate of my mouth, uh, Ruth in my mouth, um, it changed, and, and we could feel the pop. I mean, it was a dramatic change for me, and it also, I was I didn't even realize my teeth were grinding a certain way, and they stopped that, too, because I was completely out of line, but no one ever caught that on any MRI or any study or anything. Nobody caught that. So. Wow. And Jerry, do you, do you see that? Uh, oh, also? very often. Uh, most uh, grinding and clenching is actually the body's reflex mechanism to try to force the skull back into a balanced position. And, of course, you know, the dentists start making the, you know, night appliances and this appliance, that appliance. But they, they're missing the whole, uh, you know, key equation here is that the skull is out of alignment and the body's just trying to force it back into alignment, and that's where the clenching and grinding come in. Uh, you know, there there's a lot of people online. If any one of you have a question, 8402-1198, go ahead and just, just yell out. Because this, this is something you're not going to hear on the NBC News. Uh, cranial adjustment for treating post-concussive sim- symptoms, especially headaches of 21 years. Okay, so this is really... Uh, it, it's like Dr. Jerry Smith says, it's too easy, so it's uh, not going to be accepted. There's no surgery involved. There's no, no fancy test involved. Here's a, here's, a, here's a question for you. This is Dr. Dan. Um, I was watching the football games because even though we know about concussions, it is my favorite sport. And on Sunday, Ron Gronkowski got taken out for a concussion and all these other people got hurt and so forth and so on. Jerry, when when you got hurt and you had a possible concussion and then you adjusted yourself and got in the car and you could drive, could this be done with these people playing football and all these other sports that are traumatic or would it still be better that they be taken out of sports for a week or whatever the procedure that they're using now? Well, the key here is a great, great question, uh, Dr. Dan. By resetting the pump, the motion of the base of the skull, you immediately enhance the, the pumping action of the cerebral spinal fluid around the brain. So you're going to dramatically reduce the inflammation because the blood flow is not going to be hampered, the lymph flow, the venous system is not going to be hampered. That's where the, that's where the damage comes in. That's when Dr. Amalu sees them, you know, a year, two, three years down the line. When you do not get rid of the metabolites, the waste products, you have low oxygen there. You get neuronal degradation, and then the tall protein shows up in the brain. So cut it, you know, cut it right at the chase there. Reduce the inflammation immediately. They can do that right in the locker room, uh, do a simple adjustment, and you start the healing process right away. And then with the natural anti-inflammatory nutrients, you're not going to put more toxins into the body and make it more acidic. You're going to, you know, reduce the free radicals. You're going to uh, remove the, the waste products, get the nutrients and the oxygen into the brain. So even if he sits out the game, he's going to bounce back next week instead of, mm-hmm. you know, six months down the line and, and lost income and, uh, and playability. Is it still you know, safe to keep him out for a week? Is, is that still the, still yeah, the best I would. thing to do? I mean, just because you're still going to have a, a bruise on the brain from the, you know, the contra right. coup, uh, mm-hmm. you know, compa- uh, contact. But 
in a week's time with with oxygen therapy, with you know uh, frequencies. There's plenty of healing frequencies. He'll bounce back in a week. Right, and then take the medications and the, the supplements and so right. forth. That he yeah, needs. you got it. Okay. You know, you know, it's, it's right. really it's really simple, Doctor Dan. Uh, in in the most simplest terms, these tau proteins that they find, they, they're there before a reason. Your body's putting them there to stabilize the, the neurological system. It knows there's a problem. Oh, yeah. It's not getting enough enough oxygen, and so it's there to stabilize things. Now, you know, it, it's doing its job acutely, but over the long run and with repeated head traumas, that tau protein is going to going to uh, continue to to uh, build up. And then with compromising oxygen flow, that's critical. I think that's a critical connection, Dr. Jerry. No, thank you. So, uh, and it, yeah, we've had a lot of fun with it, and uh, you know, we, we're literally turning people's lives around, just like Andrew. I mean, here's a guy, 21 and a half years, you know, it's ruining his family life, his his ability to function, and you know, and and well, the only reason why I added, he, he didn't explain why he needed the second adjustment. He, he he banged his head getting into his car after I fixed him. He had to come back and get a, another front-end alignment. Did you have to tell that, Jerry? <laughs> yeah, but it was under warranty, I'm sure. Extended warranty. Exactly. <laughs> so actually did it in one treatment. Yes, he did. He really did. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I mean, this story is one that we'll play again, uh, Andrew. Uh, we'll, we'll rerun this because I think it's important for uh, people to hear this, uh, that they just don't have to sit in the sideline and just have time. There's some proactive maneuvers that could could be done. And Dr. Jerry and I talk a lot. We always talk about risk-benefit. I mean, the risk of going through what you went through for treatment by Dr. Jerry is nothing. I mean, there's no, there's no risk. Uh, well, you know, Dr. Ron, I'll tell you, I mean, and I know a lot of people, they suffer in silence, and it affects everything about their life. And they tell me these stories, and I said, well, what's it worth to you? You know, and they said anything. And I said, well, you got to give this a try. So, you know, we, we're slowly getting people to understand that this is something that you need to get out and at least experience because, I mean, I've had a, a miraculous recovery on this. It's it's beyond words for me at points. And how about your cognitive uh, function? Did, did you notice any uh, increase of, of that area? Absolutely. Um, you know, my, my ability to be able to focus on questions that are fired at me um, you know, whether it be from my children, my wife, my other people that I work with, I'm actually more alert and more there. I, I didn't realize how much I was missing, you know, and then it would create a problem because somebody would be like, they would say, hey, did you did you catch everything we said, I said? And I would be like, yeah, and I'd had to, you know, try to make it up a little bit. It was tough, but now I, I feel completely different and I'm more focused on um you know, when people are addressing me, which has really helped me a lot in business. You know, this really, this is this is really, really interesting. Uh, my son, Dr. Ron Repesey, is a is a chiropractic neurologist, and I told him what we'd be talking about today, and he said, "Dad, 
He said, we know from in, in my field that ligament damage uh, at that upper level, C1 and C2, can block uh, cerebral spinal flow and cause toxic accumulations of substances. In the brain itself, he says, we know that chiropractically. We've studied it there. It's in the literature. And here, Dr. Jerry's just reversing that. I mean, it's maybe it is too simple. Well, you know, it's neuroplasticity. So what it's telling us, uh, Dr. Ron, is that if you restore back to factory default, the, the blood flow, the cerebral spinal fluid flow, the, removing the toxins, that the brain has an infinite capacity to, to regenerate and bounce back. I mean, this is after 21 and a half years, and this guy's got a high cognitive function. Something miraculously happened. You know what I think? It's like it's kind of like you cut the the water off to an area of the of the farm and the plants don't grow and all of a sudden you open up the irrigation dishes and the water gets there and then the plants start to pop up like you know weeds yeah and that's what it sort of felt like yeah i mean i felt a, a sort of a, a void for the first three or four days and and i was trying to figure out what is you know i couldn't figure out was there still pain it, it was it was so dramatic for me, and and I I hope that other people can experience this too because it was so dramatic for me that um I was I was like I didn't know if I could believe it and and it really was gone and you know I had another doctor uh, Jerry and I were doing something and we were talking and our doctor asked me well you know were you scared of that and and I've, I I mentioned that earlier but I was I was scared because I thought after the 21 years of having the headaches, having to deal, work my life around the headache, I don't have to do that anymore. And it, and it's not, it wasn't my driving factor, <laughs> you know? So it, it's an amazing change. And, and, and it's like opened me up to a new world. I don't even know. I, I didn't know what it was like. I forgot what it was like to not live with a chronic um, acute headache all the time. Well, Andrew, uh, Dr. Bennett Amalu has agreed to, to come back as a guest. Uh, he, you, you know, but he, you know, he is a pathologist, so he he doesn't get involved with treatment because he he examines people after they've been dead. But with his uh, circle of of uh, professionals, I think I think he really should hear your story. In fact, I will probably download this episode and send it to him. Uh, you know, he they. No one's talking about this. We mentioned it a little bit a few weeks ago about prolotherapy and, and cervical instability and oxygen, but nobody's talking about craniosacral. Nobody's talking about supplements. We are talking about inflammation because uh, we, we do know that that, that is uh, one of the problems, but uh, it's it just talk. No one's doing anything. So I, I think you really have helped a lot. You, you're going to be helping a lot of people. Well, I'm all in on that. I mean, and I'll, I'll give you a quick little story. I have a very good friend of mine. He's a former NFL offensive lineman, and um, he's in, you know, he, he suffers headaches from all his years of playing um, and has to supplement with, with a, a different type of thing every day to function. So it's it's brutal, and I've seen that. And But, you know, this is somebody that was banging heads, you know, on the offensive line every day. Um but the the saddest thing is when I hear somebody that 
you know, they had their head injury and they just, they don't know how to go about it. And they've been put on all these different medications and, and, um, and that's what doctors do. They just want to treat all your symptoms instead of trying to find out where the root, root of the problem is. And that's what I'm, that's what I'd like the message to get out there. So people would start looking at the, the alternative way of doing things because it shouldn't be the alternative way. It should be the first way because it, it, it makes sense. It made sense to me once, you know, Dr. Jerry told me everything he was going to do prior to, and, and I was like, wow, okay, let's, let's try this. And I'm living proof. Dr. Jerry. Yes, sir. <laughs> the man with the hands. <laughs> well, that's what my girlfriend keeps telling me. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, you the know, golden you know. medal pay for that because this, this has lasted a long time for Andrew. Correct, Andrew, what? since April. Um, well, it, well you no, know, I, 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 I want to. I, I finally got the uh, courage up to see him in August. So it was August 14th. So, um, you know, we, we've passed the uh, five month mark, I guess it is now. Um, and nothing. I mean, and, and I used to be the best weatherman out there because I could tell you exactly when it was going to rain if it was a sunny day. Um, I could tell you almost to the hour, and I can't do that anymore. That's the only thing I, I regret that Jerry did. He took my magical powers away of being able to predict rainstorms, but I'm going to take that. I'm not going to be you on the You can buy news. one of those uh, those apparati, apparatuses that I have right here from Costco's, and it'll tell you right. what it's going to exactly. be what it's going to be tomorrow, too, and the day after. So you don't need that anymore. Thank God you don't have the pain. Yeah, no, and I don't, and it's 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 absolutely life changing. So a miracle. Mm-hmm. It is. It I, is. I really appreciate uh, uh, you being here today. I, you, I, this is going to help a lot of people. Maybe take that step and uh, and uh, try try as you said the alternative because that's what it is right now. But someone that can do cranial adjustment that knows what they're doing and. Um, Go to Dr. Smith's website, icnr.com. Is that correct, Jerry? That's correct, yeah. In fact, uh, we have other cases on there that, you know, post-whiplash-type injuries. And, like, we had one woman that flew in from Tobago that had 20 years of migraine. She had two concussions, three whiplash injuries. You know, same thing like Andrew, all the drugs, all the pain centers, all the specialists. And literally three years ago in December, she flew in, and I adjusted her cranium, and she walked out without a headache and has not come back in, in a little over three years. All right, ICNR.com, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Jerry Smith's website. Uh, is is Andrew's uh, testimonial on there? Yes, it's, we have a video on there, absolutely. Okay, yep. so well, they, they can go there and watch it and... and uh, you know, anytime I forgot you want, to tell you if, if you, if you watch the video, we give you a 20% discount on your flu shots. <laughs> <laughs> That's all? Yeah, you at least get 50%. <laughs> yeah, go down to Walmart and pick them up for free. That's true. <laughs> would, you, would you give your website again, uh, Jerry? Dr. Sure, Jerry? ICNR.com. ICNR. Yeah, International Center for Nutritional Research. And we have Very some other good. pretty interesting cases too, and um, 
you know, we had a 15-year-old that had three concussions from gymnastics, and for two years she ran around, you know, to all the neurologists and you name it. And uh, her grandmother, who's a patient of mine, brought her in, and uh, the mother was sitting in one chair, the grandmother was in another chair, and the, the, the granddaughter was sitting there in my, in my dental chair, and I flipped it back, I adjusted her head, and she broke out in tears. She said, you know, I've been suffering depression, mental fog, insecurity, balance problems, and all. And she says, it's all gone. Everything like lifted like a veil, like you took Windex on a muddy windshield and, and just washed it away. And she just, it was unbelievable. Wow. That's fantastic. That's really great. Well, the key is if there's people out there, you know, affiliated with the universities or institutes that are studying concussion, this is one area that they have absolutely no inkling even exists. And, you know, I hope I don't leave this planet and and take this information with me. Honest to God, you know, I just came back from Toronto lecturing and I – I show the people how to do this technology, and you know it's got to get out there. It's kind of like the the Heimlich maneuver. That, how, how many years did they suppress that from getting out into the public? Hmm. Is there anybody in Florida that does this kind of therapy that you're doing right now? Well, if we can get Dr. Ron trained, the junior, then uh, we'll get somebody down there doing it. I mean, it's there. You go. They are. We got to give them another yeah, invitation. I- we we should do that. Uh, and by the way, he's having some tremendous success with nitrogen chamber. Three minutes and curing back pain that's been there for years because his, the, he gets it so cold. He's resetting the mitochondria. So if he could, uh, between the uh, nitrogen chamber and, and uh, you know, adjustment, which he was trained 22 years ago to do, uh, but maybe you know, I, I never saw him put his finger in, in just a pallet, but... That would be able to be interesting. Yeah, uh, invite me down. <laughs> that's a, that's an easy one. Bring your golf clubs. Uh, absolutely. First, I got to find. Now, one. now you're going to get me to get down there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't play Doctor Ron because he's like a shill, man. He's gonna he'll flub a fir- the first three holes and then he's going to nail you. <laughs> you got to let me well, know. Well, then you're going to have to come. Here. Yeah, I may have to get my I may have to get my handicap up for this one. I'm at the work for a month. Good, he's pretty good to be out here. See what he does is he he hires a bus and he takes all his buddies down to Walmart and they get free uh, flu shots and then the next week when they play they can't hit the freaking ball. <laughs> <laughs> they see two balls, they hit the wrong one. That's right. <laughs> they think they have diplopia. <laughs> well, this has been a great segment. Uh, uh, Dr. Smith and uh, Andrew, thank you for for sharing uh, your experience. It, 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 it's 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 going to help a lot of people. We're going to re- replay this show again next week. Uh, I was going to okay. replay a flu a flu shot uh, show because I have to be out of town next Tuesday, but we'll just replay this one and let people hear your story. Uh, they can always contact Dr. Jerry Smith, icnr.com, uh, and uh, we'll, I will talk to Dr. Ron and uh, have him t- touch base with Dr. Smith because we really have to get this type of therapy more well known. You know, I I'm, I have been retired, but I did train with with John Barnes, and John Barnes did craniosacral manipulation in in, in the Westchester area. Uh, but we never really we we did mainly musculoskeletal. We did uh, for uh, for we did it for that type of injuries, not not for concussion. 
So this this puts a whole new uh, avenue on it. I'm I'm really I'm I'm really excited about it. You may even come out of retirement once I teach you how to do it. <laughs> that 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 would that would really be <laughs> Herculean. <laughs> I am enjoying my life. <laughs> but uh, you know you know and no more golf. Andrew, we spend about ten hours a week for this one hour podcast, uh, just 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 right. sharing notes and whatever. So, uh, yeah, it, I'm not I'm retired, but in name only. All right, uh, uh, Doctor Dan, do you have any questions for uh, Andrew before we because we're we're past our hour, and I do want to run a little bit of a malo here at the end. Uh, I think I already asked him what I wanted to ask him, and. Uh, it's it's just amazing that simple adjustment like that can just clear right up, yep. and it hasn't come back. <laughs> no, you know, and I, I try not to think that, boy, I wish this would have happened 21 years ago. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, use that as, as, as any, my plight. <laughs> uh, Andrew, do you know of anybody else? Have you sent anyone else over that's, that's had it done? There's a question for you. Yeah, actually, a friend of mine went there. Um, I think Taylor. she had more. Um, no, well, Bill Taylor was an yeah. instant within one treatment. She went, and she looked completely different when I saw her. In fact, this my friend Taylor has um, is is an amazing person. But like when I first saw her after her treatment with Doctor Smith, she grabbed my mm-hmm. arm. And tears are streaming down her face, and she goes, "I can't believe I got up in the morning without this pain." Wow! This is the first time in eleven years. And um, well, more than one person that's had this done, and, and there's been the result. Yeah, I mean, and we had someone who else was suffering from migraines went and went in there with a migraine, walked out without one, um, and it, it, it's just. You know, people just have to go in and you know uh, let it let it happen because I'm telling you, I mean, it, you know, I I was the biggest skeptic on the planet. You can ask Doctor Smith. I walked in there like, yeah, right, whatever. And all of a sudden, I mean, I had belief in it because I had craniosacral before, but it was nothing like what Doctor Smith did because mm-hmm. nobody ever I put think- gloves on and adjusted the palate of my mouth, you know, or or some of my other. Um, bones and around my eye socket and stuff like that because but those were always the areas that I would head towards like when I was suffering I would start grabbing around my eye socket and, mm-hmm. and he adjusted around that just to the roof of my mouth um, it was like it was like a light switch that's what that's how that's how um, intense it was that's amazing we may have to put Dr. Smith up for canonization <laughs> I've already out. been shot. Yeah, all right. Listen, yeah, yeah, don't give him, him any bigger the, of a head. They'll burn him <laughs> at the stake, and then it'll be over. <laughs> we got to take him up to Salem, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the scarlet letter. <laughs> the future there depends on what we do in the present. That's what Gandhi said. I believe it. The future depends mm-hmm. on what we do in the present, so we have to take advantage of what we're doing in the present so we can do better in the future. Dr. Jerry, uh, thank you again, and, and thank you for inviting Andrew. Andrew, uh, God bless, and thank you. It's been a pleasure, and I, I know you're going to this, this this episode is going to be listened to, especially by one concussion and some of the other uh, <clears throat> people that are following us on Instagram. Instagram, ladies and gentlemen, is Doc Ron Radio on Instagram. 
and there's lots of concussion people following uh, me on Instagram, uh, a couple hundred I think. Uh, so they'll they'll know about this. Uh, if you want to reach me by email, docronradio at gmail dot com, docronradio at gmail dot com, and of course on Facebook, Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored. But we have to keep getting the word out, ladies and gentlemen. These these type of programs are uh, not available uh, on ABC, CBS, or Dr. Oz. You're not going to see them. So we've got to get the word out. All right, Jerry, do you want to wrap it up? Yeah, I'm going to use an old Benjamin Franklin quote. He says, we're all born ignorant, but one must work very hard to remain stupid. <laughs> one one thing right. I want to say about Dr. Oz is that he 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 did have the uh, cryotherapy on three times. Right. He had it on three times. So, right. so he's he's positive on the cryotherapy that Dr. Ron Jr. is doing. So that's that's a good thing. Yeah, thank you. He's been on three times. There you Doctor, he did get Doctor Ron on the local TV, uh, showing his his junior law. Right, right, the, right. Boston, right. Boston, Boston Red Sox day. spring training are, are going to be to his office. So lots of good things happening. We're blessed. Uh, right. But let's uh, let's wrap this up. We'll, this is episode 242. We'll play this again next Tuesday. And uh, again, thank you, Andrew. I can't wait to meet you. Uh, I may have to make a trip to Philadelphia, although that's not my first choice. I, uh, but I will do that. Uh, Fantastic! We'll come up and we'll. And, we'll and one other thing, don't forget, go Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> For us Philadelphians. That's so, right, Doctor Ron. The reason why Philadelphia looks so good because it's just across the river from Camden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I used to practice, and I had an office in Crozier Chester Medical Center. Just think of that. Uh, right, wow. bulletproof. Methodist Hospital in Philadelphia. I had one. Jeez, I uh, I, I experienced Philadelphia. You picked gentlemen. some good ones. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> they're the ones that needed help. And you're still that alive, Ron. That was my calling. Right. All right. Well, great. Look forward to two Thank weeks, you. right? And we'll be we'll back. We'll play a little bit. Of those of our listeners that want to stay on a little bit, I edited uh, some of Dr. Omalo, so it's only about 30 minutes. Uh, but, again, he's in our archive, and you can get to him anytime you want. So, everybody, thank you so much. We'll do a quick uh, exit here, and uh, we'll get on with Dr. Omalo. Thank you, Andrew. All right, thank you. Appreciate you having me. Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron have left the building. All right, now we'll get on with Dr. Omalo. Uh, gracious hey. enough to uh, come on. So, Dr. Amalu, uh on the phone is myself, Dr. Ron, Dr. Dan, and Frank. And uh, we want to welcome you to our uh, podcast. And uh, we were anxiously awaiting to hear about concussion, especially as regards uh, uh, young children and repeated injuries. Frank Carroll has been coaching football from CYO right up to the pros. And uh, we're just interested to to hear your uh, comments and what you've learned since uh, that that infamous uh, pathology on Mike Webster. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be with you this morning. You know, my position has has always uh, not been popular 
my position has always been that football is a is a violent sport, and you cannot make football safe as we play it today. We should just forget about that. It's like making boxing safe. There's no way you can make boxing safe. Now, can you make it safer? Possibly. But making it safer does not mean it's safe. It's inherently dangerous. And like we have always done in the modern society, whenever we have something that is potentially dangerous, we protect our children from it. We, at some point, we discovered that cigarette smoking was potentially dangerous. We protected children from it. We discovered at some point that alcohol could be potentially dangerous and can damage your brain. Uh, we protected children from alcohol, same as marijuana, same as other types of dangerous sports, skydiving, deep sea diving. So why should football and other potentially dangerous sports like boxing, ice hockey, mixed martial arts, rugby be excluded? And, you know, this position was taken in 1957, 11 years before I was born, by the American Academy of Pediatrics. And they published a paper in the Pennsylvania Medical Society Journal in 1957 that no child under the age of 12 should play football, boxing, or wrestling, that these games damaged the developmental potential of a child. And the same American Academy of Pediatrics in 2011 published another paper encouraging doctors to, to advise parents and their children to move away from the contact sports whereby blows to the head are inherent to the play. And every parent out there needs to know. All it takes to damage your child's brain could be just one season of football. And it's permanent. All it could take to damage your child's brain it could just be one concussion. In one, just one game of football, if your child plays, your child's head could be exposed to violent blows about 50, 40 to 60 times in just one game. And a human brain is 60 to 80% water, does not have any reasonable capacity to heal or regenerate itself. So, so these are very difficult truths. That is why my book is Truth Doesn't Have a Side. But we shall not deny the truth because of its difficulty or its inconvenience, <clears throat> no matter how challenging it may be. Because as a Christian, the truth will set you free. If you develop your own alternative truths and deny the truth, you, will always, you can only be wallowing in darkness. You can never find a real solution. So that has always been my position. It's not a very palatable position, but I love your child as much as I love my own son. What I wouldn't expose my own son to, I wouldn't advise any other person to expose his or her son to. These are the facts of 21st century science. I rest my position. <laughs> well, I, I, I like what you said, playing football with or without concussion results in brain damage. Do you still stand by that? 
Yes, just uh, playing football with or without a documented concussion. The major underlying problem with a game like football is not the major concussions. It's the minor, seemingly innocuous blows to your head, the so-called subconcussive blows. So there was a paper published in 2014 by Dr. Talavaj at Purdue University. I think he was the first to show that. They looked at high school kids who did not suffer any concussion. And they monitored them three months, six months. They did some testings and actually found out that with or without a helmet, with or without a concussion, there is evidence of brain damage. And the unfortunate thing is that these types of brain damage are permanent. Permanent. Now, let me give you a shocker. There was yes. a paper that came out, was published by Dr. Fazel, F-A-Z-E-L. And another one was by Dr. Sariaslan. Sariaslan. One was in 2016 and one was in 2014. They looked at 1.1 million children over 42 years. And the inclusion criterion was any child who has suffered at least a concussion, just one concussion, to other types of trauma. 60% of the children they looked at suffered a minimum of one concussion. And look at what they found. That when you suffer repeated blows to your head and concussions, you're more likely to die before the age of 42 through violent means. You're more likely to engage in criminal and violent behavior. You're less likely to attain higher levels of education. You're more likely to drop out of high school or college. And you're less likely to retain or be gainfully employed as an adult. You're more likely to be dependent on disability. You have about three to six times increased risk of suffering a psychiatric illness. Psychiatric illnesses like depression. You are about three to six times more likely to commit suicide. You are about three to six times more likely to suffer from some type of psychiatric illness and be on a prescribed psychiatric medication. Mm. You're much, much more likely to engage in certain types of behavior we call disinhibition. And these types of behavior include unnecessary risk-taking like alcohol abuse, drug abuse. But these are people who have not been diagnosed with CT because I think that's another mistake we as a society are beginning to make. We're making it all about CTE. No. CTE is only one type of disease that belongs to the traumatic encephalopathy syndromes. Just one. So can your child suffer brain damage without having CTE? Yes. Well, okay, there are so many types. Concussion, by the time your child suffers a concussion, your child has suffered brain damage. And there is no clinical testing that will make any difference. There is no psychological testing that will make any difference. The damage has been done, and the damage is permanent. Just last week, I ran into a kid who suffered a concussion playing football. And six months later, he has not been able to go back to school. And these, these are facts. These, I'm not making these yeah. things up. These are facts, undeniable facts. 
And but before for some you reason, I'm noticing we continue to deny these facts. Why? I don't know. Well, Dr. Stern also, there's a, he published an article on neurology in, in January. He said uh, children aged 9 to 12 in an average year that play football sustain an average of 300 head impacts. And uh, he, he said something I think that, that you might agree with, that while hummus do a good job of reducing the risk of skull fractures, they don't protect the brain from the sudden movement that occurs when the head is hit. Do uh, you agree with that? Yes, yes. In fact, the helmet increases the risk of your child suffering brain damage. Ah. The only thing a helmet does for you is to prevent you from dying on the field by suffering catastrophic injuries like fractures of the skull, gashing or gaping lacerations of your face, and then subdural hemorrhages. But a helmet increases the size of your head, increases the weight of your head. Meanwhile, the size of your brain remains constant. And because you're wearing a helmet, you're more likely to weaponize your head because you're not feeling any pain. So it increases the risk of hitting your head, and it increases the momentum of each and every impact, increasing the amounts of energy that reach the brain. So, yes, I totally agree with you. Helmets will only prevent you from <laughs> dropping dead on the football field. But yet, wow. parents continue to believe that if I buy uh, the most expensive helmet for my child, that is going to protect my child. That is not true. Dr. Amalo, uh, in, uh, last year you were interviewed by a friend of mine, Dr. Michael Delavecchia from the Pennsylvania Medical Society. And uh, yes. during the, that published uh, Pennsylvania Medical Society bulletin, something was in there that I just, uh, to me, just, just doesn't make any sense. The commissioner, uh, state athletic commissioner, uh, told Dr. Omal, uh, told uh, Dr. Delavecchia, he believes that susceptibility to knockout is more genetic related. How do you respond to something uh, like that? Uh, see, see, you know, I tell people that. Just like in every other field, there are good cops and bad cops. There are good doctors and bad doctors. <laughs> yes. And there are doctors whose opinions, conclusions are influenced by the group they belong to or by their means of livelihood. That is, that is a very well-established trend. A doctor who works for the NFL is more likely to protect football. A doctor who works for the Boxing Association is more likely to to make statements that boxing is not harmful. Okay? Now, a blow to your head is dangerous. Hippocrates was the first to say that. There is nothing like a safe blow to the human head. So whenever you suffer a punch, a violent punch on your head, you suffer brain injury, acceleration, deceleration. The most significant factor in brain damage is blunt force trauma, forces, the amounts of forces. Okay? Now, could there be a variation of responses to the brain damage? Yes, it's multifactorial. Like now, some papers are showing that girls are more likely, are less likely to recover quickly from concussion than boys. 
Okay. Uh-huh. Um, so um, whether you have a genetic proclivity or not, a punch is a punch. A violent blow is a violent blow. An acceleration, deceleration injury is an, an injury. The way you manifest the injury, it's slightly very, but does not make any difference. Did that answer your question? It does, it does, and uh, it, it, it's very right to the point, which I really love. And before I add, add, turn this over to Frank a little bit, if you don't mind, Dr. Amalo, uh, you, you mentioned in your book something that I have been living by, actually, confirmational intelligence. Yeah. And the uh, New Yorker actually had, they call it confirmational bias. Could you just yeah. tell our listeners about this? Because I, I think you're right on the money. Okay, well, what happened was, you know, over the years, I was trying to understand why I was treated the way I was treated when I, after the Mike Webster autopsy and when I reported my findings. I was treated in a very deplorable manner, not even by the NFL, by my fellow doctors, by my own fellow doctors, including the National Institute of Health. Mm. Okay? Now, I, I'm a foreigner. I knew nothing about football. Honestly, I didn't. I, I was a total buffoon, ignoramus of football. So I was trying to understand why me. And as the years went by, I, I was observing and studying the American society very critically. And I began to notice a trend that in, in this society, without us even being aware of it, that the way you think, your mentality, your intelligence, the way you perceive your environment, the way you interpret your environment, without you knowing it, without you even being aware of it, are controlled by society, by the norms, traditions, cultures, and expectations of society without you even being aware of it. And now, for whatever reason, once you have that, your, the cast of your mind made, and objective evidence is provided to you by anybody in whatever form, you're more likely to reject that objective evidence, to deny it, and even ridicule it. But if that objective evidence persists, you become emotional and tribal almost to the point of irrationality, to simply conform. So it's, it's almost the, the power of habit without you even being aware of it. You're almost now a zombie of society. Huh. And that is why, if you notice, a foreigner like myself, who knew nothing about football. Okay, Mike Webster had gone to the best universities in America, had seen the best doctors in America, and when I mean it, I mean the very best of best. And none of them saw this disease I saw. And okay, a foreigner like myself, who was not under the influence of the conformational embrace or infatuation with football in America, I was objective. I've been told that if I had grown up in this country watching football, I wouldn't have touched Mike Webster's body. Wow. I would have been so much in awe of his body that I would have left him alone. So I saw what I saw. I reported it. 
American physicians in those first five years, they were very difficult years for me. They called me all types of names. Some even suggested I was practicing voodoo, voodoo medicine from Africa. And this is what I've said to corporations. I've traveled around the world talking to corporate leaders. How much are you holding down your industry by conformational thinking? Because it's stifling. It, it stifles creativity and originality. Incredible. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're speaking with Dr. Bennett Amalu, a world-famous physician who uh, has a book out that I, we're going to recommend that you buy. It's called Truth Doesn't Have a Side, uh, based on science and He's a very faithful man, and he'll talk more about that later. But there's also an article that in the New Yorker, which I don't usually read, but it 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 backs up just what Dr. Amalo just said. It's called "Why Facts Don't Change Our Mind," because of this confirmational intelligence that he just explained to us. So, uh, thank you, thank you for that, Dr. Amalo. Uh, Dr. Amalo, I have you. Frank Carroll on the phone, and he uh, he's been a coach his whole life. Uh, and involved in, in medicine also. So, Frank, do you have any, any questions for Dr. Amalu? Yeah, I just wanted to know what his thoughts are on the concussion uh, setup that they, they set out now. Uh, if you go back and take a look at uh, the protocols that they're putting in, uh, they're not enough for, for when you start talking about uh, a 7- to 14-year-old child uh, even when you get up into, uh, I've coached high school, I've coached football at college level, and I've coached in pros. Um, there are times, I mean, he's correct, that the helmets uh, are not, um, they're not used for anything more than headbutting, which is now illegal. But, uh, you know, once it's done, it's done. So I'd like to know what his thoughts are on the, uh, the protocol now for when you can put a player back on the field after concussion okay okay now like like i had said earlier <clears throat> the concussion protocols do not cure your concussion if i all the concussion protocol does is to prevent you from suffering the so-called second impact syndrome if you suffer a concussion and you go back to play and you receive another concussion you could drop dead Okay, that is what the concussion protocol does to prevent you from dying on the field. Once you've suffered a concussion, the injury has been done. It's done, and it's, it's permanent. We don't have any cure. As I'm speaking to you today, there is no cure, and the FDA will confirm that. In fact, the FDA informed impact that they should stop saying that they, you can make a diagnosis of concussion with an impact test. The FDA said, no, that is not true. So if you've suffered a concussion, you take impact testing five, ten times. It does not make any difference. In fact, it actually causes more injury to your brain. And that is why my position has always been. You know what? Football is potentially dangerous. There are so many potentially dangerous activities in our lives, even car racing, you know, skydiving. It should be left for adults who have reached the age of consent to decide to do whatever they want to do with their lives, as long as it does not pose a danger to the life of another person. 
but not for children. Any child under the age of 18 should not play football as we play it today. Because you cannot make it safe. It's like telling me you can make fire safe. Yes, a cigarette lighter, through a cigarette lighter, you've made fire safer. But it still does not make a cigarette lighter safe. You wouldn't give your one-year-old a cigarette lighter. So such principle or way of thinking applies to football. It is not a game for children. Now, some people have told me, oh, but we've, we've always played it. <laughs> as a society, we evolve. We change. And as we evolve and change, we become more intelligent. And as we become more intelligent, we give up the less intelligent ways of the past. In fact, it's even in the Bible, letter, first letter of John, chapter 1, that you should gladly give up the darkness of the past and embrace the light of the future. It's also in the Bible, letter of Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 6, that you should gladly give up. No, either chapter 4 or 6, I'm confusing it now. should gladly give up the old self and embrace the new self. In the righteousness and holiness of the truth. And science tells us the same thing. You must change. So you cannot justify a harmful or dangerous activity by the confirmations, confirmations to the past. Okay? If, if that is the way we live our life, then that means a black man like me today shall not be talking to you on the radio. Because in the past, they, we did not allow, or we did not allow black people to do certain things just because we were black. But we are a smarter society today. We've changed that. There was a time women couldn't own property. Even as we as a society, we're going through a very, a very important change in our lives today. That of sexual mm -hmm. abuse. Men in positions of power just exploiting women sexually. We need to change that. We are better people. It's a, the world is becoming more competitive. What is now defining who you are as a human being is your intelligence. Bill Gates said that. So why should we be exposing our children intentionally to an activity that robs them?